Welcome to episode one of season two of Practice Purchase. I am your host, Brian Hanks, in case you don't know me. I'm an accountant, author, and dental transitions expert, and I help buyers. So season two, wow. Now this season is all about the biggest and most common question I get about buying a practice. How do I even find a practice to buy in the first place? Well, my hope when putting these seasons together was that season one would be well-received and helpful to a lot of folks. My goal was that if I got over a thousand downloads, that I would know that at least a few folks found it helpful. And now, here we are about nine months after the recording of season one, and we've already passed several tens of thousands of downloads. So if you're one of the people who listened to season one, and especially if you're one of the people who reached out to say thank you or ask a question, my big thanks to you for listening, sharing your feedback and questions, and telling other people about the show. Muchísimas gracias, pasibo bashoy. Merci beaucoup, and thank you very much. Let's dive into season two. Again, this season is all about finding a practice to buy. We're going to keep the basic format the same. I'm going to try and keep every episode under the average commute time in the U.S. of about 20 minutes. There will not, I repeat, will not be any outside sponsors, and I'm going to keep the content moving along with no useless hey, how was the weather in Phoenix type discussions? The one change you'll notice to this season is, aside from this episode, you'll hear guests being interviewed about how they found a practice to buy. These are folks I've either worked with personally or who have a compelling story about finding a practice who I wanted to highlight. Rather than just hear my thoughts about finding a practice, I thought it would be useful for you to hear from real people, their real stories with real examples of both the good and the bad of finding a practice. So, how do you find a practice to buy when you're ready? Well, if you and I were on the phone together, just the two of us, one-on-one, and I asked you that question, how would you answer? I'll share with you my thoughts on how I've seen, by this point, several hundred dentists find practices to buy, along with some of the exact steps they took. But I want to start my advice with a seemingly unrelated question. And I often ask this question to a buyer on the phone who maybe read my book and really wants to buy something, but doesn't see anything for sale. Here's how it usually sounds. The potential buyer will say, yeah, I've been looking for weeks and there's nothing for sale here. Do you know of anything? I'm thinking I'll just do a startup. So here's my question back to them. Okay. How did you find someone to marry or someone to date? It's not as unrelated a question as it may appear on the surface because finding a spouse or significant other is very, very similar to the process of finding a practice to buy. Let's say you're at a dinner party and you're getting to know a couple. A common question to ask might be, how did you two meet? And you can probably picture a scenario like that in your head. What is the answer likely to be? Who knows, right? Because everyone's situation is somewhat unique. But if you ask 500 couples how they met, you can be sure of two things. First, no two situations will be the same. And second, there are definitely going to be some common threads. Common threads you might find with couples might be they went to school together or met through Tinder or friends introduced them or whatever. The ultimate common thread, though, is that when you're meeting a spouse or significant other, you started talking to people and creating relationships. 
one of which turned into something special. Other than who you marry and whether or not you have a family, the choice of which dental practice you buy and own for your career is potentially one of the most significant life choices you're ever going to make. To find a dental practice for sale, I want you to create as many relationships as you can in order to find the right practice and the best practice. So let's get specific for a second about finding a practice because there are two methods for finding a practice to buy and one method everyone wishes existed but doesn't. The method that doesn't exist is the central repository of dental practices for sale, right? Like the MLS when you're buying a house that contains 98% of all home listings in the US. Some buyers think that this exists for dental practices and it doesn't. So sorry. Let me repeat that. There is no single place where you can go and find all the practices for sale. So you have two options when you're looking. Option number one is to rely on brokers who often know about practices in the area you may be looking. The upside to this method is that you can simply browse listings comfortably from your phone or laptop whenever you want. However, there are several downsides to relying on brokers. Downside number one is that you're at the mercy of a seller choosing to use a broker. It's impossible to know the exact number, but current estimates are that between 50 and 60% of dental practices change hands outside of broker channels. And you can bet that most of those practices are good ones where a seller feels confident they don't need to pay a broker to match them with a buyer. Downside number two is that you're at the mercy of brokers who have the listing and whether or not they choose to post it and let you know about it. Often brokers will get a new listing and they'll call a preferred set of buyers first, including DSOs, and give them first crack. Often by the time you see a listing on a website, it's because others have passed on it for not being good enough to buy. Downside number three, is that you have to monitor multiple brokers' sites and information to find something. No one broker will get every good listing, so you have to cast your net wide with brokers. And I give specific advice on working with brokers in episode three of season one. So that's option one to find a practice. Option two is the direct search. Option two is directly making relationships with dentists who might be selling their practice. You're going to identify reach out and create a relationship with as many gray-haired dentists who might sell their practice someday. And here's the key. Or they might know someone else who will be selling their practice. And make sure they know, like, and trust you. When I say create a relationship, that sounds kind of formal. But all I really mean is that you know the person, they know who you are, you've chatted a few times over email or face-to-face, they think positively of you, and they'd think of you if they ever decide to sell their practice. I go into detail about this method in episode four of season one, and you can go listen to it, but the typical ways people create relationships with gray-haired dentists is by sending mailers or targeted letters and emails. I call these methods spear phishing and net phishing in that episode. By the way, if you want to see a video I created on this method with some examples, just text the word FIND, F-I-N-D, FIND, to 33777. So with two options to find a practice, direct relationships and brokers, which is the best? 
Well, I'm heavily biased towards direct relationships because I see dentists find better practices that way. But the answer is never clear cut. I think you should use both methods. Just like if you were looking for someone to date, I think you should go to parties, join groups, talk to people, and sure, be on eHarmony or whatever. Which method is the best? Well, the best method is the one that finds the best practice for your career. It's impossible to predict, so do all of them. Some people hear that and they go, geez, Brian, that sounds like a lot of work. Uh, yeah, it is. But isn't this one of the most important decisions you'll ever make? Didn't you work your butt off to get into dental school and survive four or more years of intense effort in school? And now you're telling me you're not willing to go do some more hard work? You want to just browse listings online after 11 p.m. in your pajamas and then you get mad and say there are no good practices for sale in my city. Give me a break. It's work. It's hard. Get over yourself and go do it. The rewards for those that do the hard work are huge. I've seen it make the difference between stress, money worries, poor health, and divorce. And I've also seen the opposite of dentists having a great lifestyle. Lots of vacation time, clinical freedom, lots of money, and a feeling of satisfaction helping people. As you listen to these upcoming interviews with real people, listen to how they found practices to buy. I'll introduce each, and following the interviews, I'll summarize what I took away. If there are examples of documents or mailers or whatever, those will be available to you. I've got 10 episodes ready to go for this season, and I'm already working on season 3. That said, I'm going to leave season two about finding a practice for sale open to additions. So if you or someone you know has a really good story about finding a practice and would like to share it, let me know. Send me an email at brian at brianhanks.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at brianhanks, like tomhanks.com. Thank you for listening. This is Practice Purchased. Let's get going with season two. Thank you.